Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to our Palm Sunday morning service. Our all-age worship this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina and members of the congregation. Everything you need to follow the service is on your printed order of service today. As always, this service ends in silence, uh, but you are invited to stay for a cup of tea or coffee as usual, and we're back in the normal coffee spot this morning. Then this evening at 7pm, our evening service will take the form of a performance of Stainless Crystal. So you all managed to get here. Uh, was anybody followed? <laughs> Did anybody see any shady characters outside? <laughs> 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 but she's one of the disciples. How did you get a shady oh. disciple? But we all made it here, and, and the door's shut, isn't it? Yes. So nobody's going to know we're here. That's good. So, we're going to start by singing the hymn together, and after that, the regular service will proceed with no further announcements.
So let's pray together. <clears throat> Even before we got up this morning, God is in this place. And we come together as followers of Jesus, gathered in a borrowed room, hoping to meet him afresh <coughs> in story, in song, in symbol, in silence. Holy God, we come thinking that we know what to expect. So help us to open ourselves to the possibility of surprises, even in the midst of well-loved traditions and old stories. We come with the burdens of a week now past. So help us to lay them down, if only for a while. And if we must take them up again, let it be a lighter load. We come from a world torn apart by sorrow and sin. So help us to learn a more hopeful way of living and give us the courage to live out the words we pray. Amen. So here we are. We are in the upper room and everything has been got ready for our special meal, special Passover meal with Jesus, who's up at the top of the table. And you can see already there are plates with little nibbles on them to which you can help yourself as we go along and some have clearly been helped themselves to, which is great. If you fancy some fruits or some vegan marshmallows, please feel free to help yourself. But hang on a minute. How did we get to this point? The story starts a week ago. My name is Rachel and I'm waiting to see Jesus on his way into Jerusalem. The crowds are busy and jostling, but I don't mind as everyone is so excited and hopeful. There are people climbing trees to cut palm branches to wave to welcome Jesus, while some of the others put them on the path along with their coats to make way for the new king. They aren't scared of being high up or being cold, as they know that making way for Jesus is the most important thing right now. I see him coming up the road on a donkey, which is very strange for someone so important. As he passes, everybody is shouting and cheering, and I join in. I can't help it, as I feel so hopeful that this is a new start for us. I shout, Hosanna, to the, to the son of David, and he turns and looks right at me. I know that this is the start of something special. When he looks at me, I, it's like he knows me personally. I feel so happy that I cheer Hosanna until he goes all the way down the road, and even then, everyone in the crowd feel like there is more to come.
we've moved a little bit further on in the week, and we're at the temple. And what's this that's, that's happening here? I can see some people with coins, and they're going around changing your shiny gold coins for one of their tiny, weeny copper coins. Ah. That is very strange. <laughs> yep, all the gold coins are going. And the copper coins are coming in their place. Mm. Kind of wonder how this feels. My name is John. I'm one of the group known as the Twelve. I've been with Jesus for a few years now and we've become really close. In fact, I'd go as far as to say I love him. I've learned so much from him, from the stories he tells, the friends he makes, the questions he asks, and his deep commitment to prayer. We often go to the temple to pray and to sit in the outer courts where he always attracts a crowd of people eager to hear what he has to say. It's a busy place, but somehow he manages to create a still space within it. But not today. I've never seen him like that before. Gazing around him, he became tense. His eyes widened and his face flushed. Suddenly, he rushed over to the money, one of the money changers and with a single movement, swept all the coins onto the floor and overturned the table. <laughs> Whirling around, he tore open cages. Squawking pigeons soared skywards to freedom. There was pandemonium. Loosed animals were running everywhere and the floor was littered with scattered coins and broken furniture. Traders were protesting at the top of their voices, their curses filling the air. Mothers snatched up their children and fled. Others just stood open-mouthed, rooted to the spot, trying to fathom what on earth was going on. I've never seen Jesus angry before, but something inside him had snapped it was terrifying. I'll be honest, I was scared. And yet, at the same time, I was exhilarated. My name is Abdiel. Look at this mess. What a travesty. Who would do such a thing? It's outrageous. It's unacceptable. It's an affront to God. In all my 23 years of service at this temple, I've never seen the likes of it. Such impiety, such brazen disregard, I'm speechless. Wait a minute, tortoise shells? Who's selling tortoise shells? They've got nothing to do with worship. And jewelry? That's not right either. Still, still, nothing justifies such wanton destruction. If this is the work of someone from within, 
It's apostasy in the highest degree. If this is the work of someone from without, it's nothing short of, well, terrorism. Yahweh is more than appalled. Yahweh has been blasphemed. Look at all this money strewn across the temple floor. Instead of going to worship, to proper sacrifice, to the work of God, it's now being trampled underfoot. And the animals running amok. Birds now loose. There are droppings everywhere. The house of God has been reduced to a shambles. Well, whoever did this has much to answer for. It breaks every law I can think of. And I know all of the laws. We try so hard, so very hard to keep a lawful, orderly place of worship. Okay, a few of the lenders get out of hand. And tortoise shells, the jewelry, well, I never agreed to that. But overall, the businessmen are doing an important service. And all in good faith. And now, this. The perpetrators will pay. They'll pay not only with coinage, they'll pay with their soul. Yahweh will abandon them. What a terrible fate. Okay, okay, let's start getting this pandemonium cleaned up. You there, get that goat out of the money box. <laughs> well, I don't have the goat from the money box, but the Jerusalem Animal Welfare has been gathering up all the sheep who have got lost and they're very frightened and they need a new forever home. They've been camping out on Mount Mance for a long time and actually they've eaten all the grass at Mount Mance. So they need some new homes. I wonder who could give a home to a sheep. Aidan, could you give a home to a sheep? Carl, do you think you could give a home sure. to a sheep? Thank you. Um, Freya and Sarah, would you be able to give a home to some sheep? <coughs> David, I'm sure you could give a home to a sheep. And Esther. And I'm sure Owen could have this sheep that's got a very traily ribbon. <coughs> we might need to, to snip that one for you. There's a sheep to go and live with Owen. But they've still got more sheep. And they really do need to be rehomed. I wonder if any of the grown-ups would be willing to give a home to a sheep. Yes? Oh, the hands are going up. <laughs> Mary was first. Okay, Mary. Can we send this sheep to Mary? And Marit? And Morag? It's all the M's, isn't it? <laughs> Marit's behind you, Maura. Still, still a couple left, I think. Who would like a sheep? I've got three sheep who... Uh, one to Emma and one to Katrina. Pass up to Emma and Katrina. One last sheep uh, to, to Beth. Is it Beth? Was it Beth? That was one? Yes. I'm pointing at Beth. You're pointing at Beth. Okay, well... She might not want to go in the car all the way to Manchester. <laughs> yeah, it, it thinks Manchester would be an, a nice place to live. So. <laughs> Great. That's wonderful. 
My name is Mary, and I share a home with my sister and brother in Bethany. Ours is an unconventional family, and that's not something you want to draw attention to, so we keep ourselves to ourselves as much as possible. Maybe that's why Jesus and his friends love to visit us, outside the city, away from prying eyes and listening ears, a place where they could relax and speak openly. We love their visits. They'd almost become a part of our family, seeing us at our worst and sharing in our sorrows. So it was a real joy to have them round for dinner during the Passover season. It had been a lovely evening, good food, great conversation, singing and sharing. 
I still don't quite know what came over me, but suddenly I knew what I had to do and nothing could stop me. I took down the jar of expensive perfume. We'd bought it as an investment and without a second thought, I broke the seal and inhaled the heady aroma. Bolder now, I tiptoed round to where Jesus reclined, feet outstretched, and without a word, I poured the cool liquid onto them. Tears flowed, mingling with the perfume. I was exhilarated and bewildered. Who is this man whose presence could lead me to do such a thing? Security poured away like water, love expressed in tears. Martha did not scold. Lazarus did not question. Maybe they were feeling what I was feeling. There was something about Jesus that we recognized but could not name. But we all knew now that he was someone really special. In this little bowl, there is some oil. It's just baby oil. It's got nothing else added to it, so it shouldn't cause problems. <coughs> We're invited to anoint the person next to us just by dipping our finger in the oil and making the sign of the cross on the back of their hand. And then we pass it on to the next person around the table. So let's try and make sure that we don't miss anybody, no matter where we're seated. We'll start here and just make our way around the table. So here we are, back in the present, gathered in the upper room. After the events at the temple, the powerful people and the religious leaders all got together to decide how they could stop what Jesus was doing. They came up with a plan to trap him, so Jesus had to be extra careful from now on. And he found this nice room where he could meet with his friends for the Passover supper. He arranged a secret signal with the landlord so that those who were setting up could arrive without being spotted 
because there were almost <coughs> certainly spies everywhere. Now everyone has arrived and we're sitting at the table with Jesus sharing stories and songs. But what is this? Jesus is reaching out to pick up some bread. He says a quiet prayer and then he speaks. This is my body broken for you. He tears the bread, eats some And when he's eaten it, he passes it on and says, Whenever you do this, remember me. So let's all share some bread, <laughs> passing it to each other and remembering the words Jesus said to us. Well, that was all rather strange. Certainly not what I was expecting in a Passover supper. Jesus then picked up a jug of wine and he invited his friends around the table to fill their cups with the rich red wine. So let's fill our cups with the wine. You can see those on the table. Just fill the cups of those around you. going on now then? Jesus has lifted up the cup. I wonder if he's going to make a toast or something. This is my blood shed for you. He drinks some of the wine and so we do too. And Jesus says, whenever you do this, remember me. <coughs> and that's it. The meal is over. The disciples are getting ready to go out. But as they do so, they sing a hymn.
Let us pray. Dear God, as we reach the point in the Easter story where in the garden Jesus faces up to his impending crucifixion, please help us to understand what he was going through. Although your son, he was at the time also very much human, and as such must have experienced feelings in the way we do. We have, however, never gone through anything as momentous as he did. Perhaps generally, we feel we have more in common with the disciples and their weaknesses at that time. We can, though, try to imagine what it was like for Jesus. As we pray, we remember those in distress, whether it be through illness, loneliness, hunger, or lack of comfort and shelter. We remember those whose faith is being tested severely, and those of strong faith who, having sought your will, find it difficult to accept the answer. Time and time again we pray for peace, for the end of conflict and political turbulence around the world. Over the years and decades, conflicts come and go, but the need for concern never ends. Please be with those who continue to work for resolution, sometimes long after we have moved our thoughts on to trouble in other parts of the world, and help us not to forget. Jesus was innocent, but despite that was subjected to a form of what was seen as justice. We pray for those today who, whether justly or unjustly, are held captive, and for those awaiting trial. Guide our leaders to use their influence to bring about an end to injustice and barbarism in the name of justice. We pray for the church around the world, of which we are part, that it will always be open to your guidance and your will. Amen.
Jesus of Nazareth, you're arrested on suspicion of blasphemy and rabble-rousing. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not mention when questioned something you later rely on in evidence. Do you understand the caution? 